Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. The ongoing story of the Jesuits openly calling for an end to the Mass of the Ages, the traditional Latin Mass, has finally received some responses from the laity, aside from the usual YouTube Catholic commentators like myself. Regular, everyday Catholics have responded in an open letter to Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church, and in so doing they represent the voice of young Catholics seeking to make sure those that would seek the end of the Mass of the Saints done away with know that the laity won't bear this in silence. The, laity, the letter was published by the Remnant, and out of respect for Michael Matt's operation, I won't read the full letter. However, you will get some significant quotes from the letter here from me in a moment. Now, if you want to read the full text for yourself, I have a link in my show notes at returntotradition.org, as usual, or you can find it at remnantnewspaper.com. I'll give you substantial quotes and then something that everyone is missing out on this, namely, that it isn't really the liturgy itself that they are focused on, but the effects of the traditional liturgy. But enough from me for now. Her letter is called Young Catholics Open Letter to Father Thomas Reese, S.J., and is penned by someone named Regan. The letter begins by addressing Father Reese respectfully and wishing him well. Regan says that her subject is that of his desire to essentially keep young Catholics from the Latin Mass, like many of the bishops after the promulgation of the new Mass did as well, leaving it to older Catholics so devotion to it would disappear over time. That was the stated aim, anyway. Regan begins by addressing the priest with respect and framing it in that portion of his topic. Then she says the following, quote, I myself am a young person that appreciates the Latin Mass and the rich connection that it provides to my Catholic faith. I attended the Novus Ordo when I was young and never had a connection to the Mass. It was a drudge, and truth be told, I didn't want to attend. It was lifeless and it held no beauty or clarity for me. Then my family and I discovered the Latin Mass. That's really all I need to say, but I think I need to clarify what I mean. The first Latin Mass I attended absolutely held me riveted. I couldn't take my eyes off of what the priest was doing. The fact that I was able to be present at this great sacrifice was amazing to me. As I grew older, I began to read why the Latin Mass was celebrated the way it is. The mystery and truths revealed in the Mass gave me a richer and deeper appreciation for what Holy Mother Church taught, something that never happened to me while attending the Mass brought about by Vatican II. End quote. Okay, so this is a familiar story. I've known many, many young Catholics with this same story, who grew up in the Novus Ordo, found it a chore to go to Mass, despite the family catechizing the person well, essentially suggesting that the Novus Ordo does not appear to even trained eyes to do what it is claimed to do, that it is banal, that it represents the beige Catholicism at best that Bishop Barron talks about so much. But then she goes on, saying that the Church does not need another moment of liturgical innovation, that what it needs is something else entirely, quote, the only changes that need to happen is that against speaking ambiguity rather than truth, the experiment of modernism is coming to an end. Faithful Catholics are bringing out of the confined petri dish of Vatican II. Young people are flocking back to the Latin Mass. They do not want what the 1960s hippies have to offer. They want the Mass of the Saints. It is not for us to be concerned about the liturgy of the Mass being boring or out of touch with local needs. But whether or not Catholics are willing to place the bar of virtue high enough to be heirs of heaven rather than sons of the earth. 
I see youth and young adults around my age having such a zeal for the Latin Mass that after experiencing it, they ask all sorts of questions about how they can learn more about the fullness of the Catholic faith. End quote. She goes on to say that the traditional liturgy is what inspired those who made great, real sacrifices for Christ, as well as countless religious, the great minds of the church, and innumerable saints. She asks why he, meaning Father Reese, wants to take that from the most influenced minds in the church today. She asks the pertinent question, does he worry that the future members of the church will discover authentic Catholicism if they attend that Mass? And that is a good question, and one I hope that he ponders. Regan even asks the blunt question of whether they can see that the era of modernism and its innovations have failed. Now, I can answer that for her. The answer is that they can see that, but they say that the real Second Vatican Council and spirit of Vatican II haven't ever been tried, and that we need more of it. She decries the dialogue the hierarchy has engaged in with the acolytes of Luther, Calvin, and Henry VIII. Regan says what most of you say, that you want the reign of Christ the King, not ambiguity and certainly not lukewarmness. To this she goes to the Pac-Man Mahama then, which the church will never escape the shadow of until the Pope addresses and corrects this. Quote, Why did Pope Francis bring the Pac-Man Mahama and other idols into the Vatican, the place where St. Peter, our first Pope, is buried? Has the human element of the church today forgotten her lineage and dignity? They want to change the words of the Our Father. Why? Must everything, even the prayers of our grandmothers, be changed? We young people of the Catholic Church cannot follow you all down this broad road. Instead, we choose and desire to do what is difficult, to follow the narrow road traced out lovingly for us by Christ and his Church. End quote. She goes on. The Church does not need a Mass made unique for local, for local conditions, for the Church is universal. The traditional Latin Mass was the Mass said by missionaries all over the world. St. Isaac Yogues said it in the wilds of New England. Countless missionaries said it for the locals in South America, Africa, in the Gobi Desert, all with great effect. Saints were made from those missions, from among the locals who heard those Masses in Latin. But she zeroes in on something that I haven't heard many Catholic voices say, and that is why Latin was abandoned in the liturgy. And that is because Latin isn't a malleable language. The definitions really can't be manipulated, thus making changes in how we worship very, very difficult, especially if those changes are meant to subtly reflect changes in what is professed by the laity and the church. Quote, no one can change the definition of Latin words, and as a result, the doctrines, dogmas, and traditions of the Catholic Church are clear and protected. This is why the innovators had to change the language from Latin to the vernacular, because the liturgy was then more pliable. I believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Is this not in our own creed? Why then is it not followed? Can the modern world really prevent us from doing so? Or is this simply another excuse to ignore the canons set down by doctrine and tradition? We desire to be one church, a church that is universal, a church that a person can know, love, and serve, no matter what part of the world he or she is in. People desire to honor something higher than themselves. They desire to worship God, and God has laid out for us how he desires to be adored. Through divine revelation, doctrine, and tradition, he has given us his ultimatum on how he should be worshipped, through the words of the great Pope St. Pius V. Let all everywhere adopt and observe what has been handed down by the Holy Roman Church, the mother and teacher of the other churches. Now let masses not be sung or read according to any other formula than that of this missal published by us. End quote. She's referring there to the encyclical letter Quo Primum, 
a very important document of the church, and I have it on this channel if you want to hear it. She ends again on a note of respect. I applaud her for it, though I doubt I could be so nice to him as she is. But something is missed here. One of the great theological axioms of the faith is that how we worship is how we believe. It really is that simple. The new Mass was designed by the innovators, and in their own words, to put the laity at the center of things. This is why many who leave the Novus Ordo for various traditional paths, whether it's the Byzantine Rite in the East, or if it's the traditional Latin Mass, or if it's the Dominican Rite, whatever you want to uh, look at it as, they always end up saying that they felt like they were worshipping man, not God, at the new Mass. The focus is by design on the laity, and the result is naturally a quasi-works-based message. How often do we hear that com contemplative religious in the church need to go out and get their hands dirty, that praying in a cloister isn't really doing anything for the church? I've heard it said a lot, and not only from members of Pastor Tommy's order, but also from laity and even hinted at by Catholic voices online and on the radio. A laity-centered means of worship enables everything that the church teaches to be malleable, and that the laity should focus on works, not on the interplay between prayer and works, and much of the value of prayer is lost as a result. Sounds ostentatious to hear someone say that, I'm sure, but it is the truth. All you have to do is look to the messages coming out of Rome, and the reasoning behind the partnerships between Caesar and the church over the decades since the council. And if you need further proof of this, I'm going to remind you of what Massimo Fagioli, one of the great minds of modernism out there today had to say, which is that the church has pastorally permitted us the mass of the 16th century, as he mischaracterizes it, but we are not to have the theology of the 16th century. That's a huge admission for him, as he is admitting that there really is a new theology. And if there is a new theology, then there is new belief. And if there is new belief, well, you do the math there. We need more letters like that, written by educated people from all walks of life who want to stand up for the traditions of the church. There is so much focus among Catholics now on the secular realm that we often miss what the prelates are doing to bring the secular ideas into the church. I hope you found the letter edifying. If you want to read it for yourself, again, it's over at remnantnewspaper.com, or a link to it is in today's show notes at returntotradition.org, my website that I put my sources on. There's more that I didn't quote here. But let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. And like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. And set it to all so you don't miss an update. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.